guys welcome back to the resilience pod you're here with me your host rena singh thank you so much for tuning in today whether you are watching us or listening i am truly grateful now today on the pod we have another awesome real model in the resilience industry she is sat right next to me as you can see she has experiences in business continuity crisis management, emergency planning. She is truly a global citizen, having worked across <laughs> the country and in different parts of the world as well. She is bold, brassy, is not afraid to say how it is, which I absolutely love. Um, I met this awesome lady sitting right next to me about six years ago when I first started my career and I definitely have not forgotten her. So guys, please welcome in joining me, my very next guest Ooh. on the Resilience Pod, Sophie Kane. Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> I'm going to be your loudest and most edited guest. Um, I do talk like a salty sailor. Um, no. We love that. So, someone who is not afraid to say it how it is, we definitely need real models like that. Yeah. So thank you for joining mm. us today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so excited. Now, before we kind of get into the nitty gritties, mm. I ask everybody who is comes on the pod to flick through the mood book. So Sev's got it in her hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and those of you who are listening, you know what the mood book is by now. And she is flicking through the pages okay. just now to tell us how she's feeling before the interview. And guys, as always, we'll ask her at the end how she's feeling. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she's just having a look. It's okay. So I think I'm feeling splendid. Awesome. Because that face has just made, <laughs> made me smile. <laughs> just, should we just turn up like this all the time? We can, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, splendid, darling. So, Sev is feeling splendid. Thank you. We will leave yeah. her mood at the back here so mm-hmm. we can keep track of it. And we will now start with quizzing you. Oh, God. Back mm-hmm. to the beginning. What was your very first job? Paid or unpaid? Ah, oh, you could do both. Yeah. First, first. I guess job, I mean, this will be unpaid, was when I was 15. Okay. Um, um, I was living in Kenya at the time and um, I'm just one of those weird kids that knew exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up. Oh, really? Apart from being an astronaut was um, was to do something in the realm of humanitarian um, aid oh, and assistance. Oh. Um, I found somebody that um, has his own little kind of boutique, you know, security and response company. Mm. Um, and does also community development and that was like all about me and I was like right I'm gonna I want to volunteer and get involved and it just you know sitting in packs of trucks with other people with guns it's just um, driving around um, I mean they responded to the Mozambique floods um, it, it was incredible so uh, and, and that was kind of my summer break at high school that's no. what I wanted to do and I did you know the whole Duke of Edinburgh stuff and that was more community work um, and that's what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. hands down. So, yeah. Awesome. And then what about your first paid job? <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah, no, I, moved, I, moved to, I moved to this country when I was about um, 18, 19 okay. um, to do the degree in disaster management at Coventry. Big up to anybody from Coventry. <laughs> no, we've all been there, the same degree, <laughs> varying years. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, McDonald's literally was just, a, it was just, a, I had no CV, like no, you know what I mean? Like it was it's like, good. I don't have yeah. any background in anything. I was like, 
I forget I can flip a burger. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, I like your very, very first job and it I guess that feels like it led you to do the, the your degree choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this I really enjoyed um it, it's a lot of kind of out there frontline, but it um and also it's quite heart wrenching sometimes. It's quite hard to to, to, to um disassociate but you know, switch off, not bring it home with you. Um yeah. however, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Awesome. Yeah. I like that clarity. Um, it's nice to see some of our real models have that clarity and <laughs> um, and who have actually consciously studied this area um, and made a decision to go into this field from the very beginning. So that's really interesting. Mm, yeah. yeah. Moving on from uh, consciously doing your degree, what about your kind of how you then fell into the whole resilience sphere? Well, my, my dad worked for the UN. Okay. So I was raised everywhere mm-hmm. um and, and also, also not such des- some desirable place not so mm-hmm. desirable places so our majority is asia all around asia and in africa okay um and so um i remember my gosh my earliest memory was um mount pinatubo erupting in 91 and i remember it vividly because of the ash falling from the sky covering our car and i thought it's snowing because obviously I was like you know I was only little and I didn't know what snow was and I'd never seen it before and I was like mom it's snowing and I remember running outside and my mom going get back in that you know mm. and she was get back in the house you know because it was ash was falling from the sky everywhere mm. and I and, and I, you know we've been through earthquakes we've been through civil unrest we've had to uh you know um you know leave the country by the embassy for certain uh inc- incidences and so mm. I, I think we've just been involved uh, it's been in my environment for yeah. so long and i remember as a teenager in kenya was you know i'm i'm sitting at the dinner table eating a nice meal and there's people literally outside the house or down the road they don't have anything and, and, and a part of me was like well i could have been i could have been born in yeah. on either side of this house right so so what am i doing with all these experiences what am i actually doing with all, all, all you know all these life events that I've learned from and I've had to be involved in, well, mm. you know, flooding and typhoons yeah. and stuff. Why not? Why not apply that to something? There's got to be a reason, you know. So, um, so I thought, you know, sod it, pursue it, go help folks. <laughs> and she is doing just that. So we are women in resilience, mm-hmm. and with that, there's many barriers, challenges, and all that. And I'd really be interested. And I'm sure so would our viewers and listeners to see and hear what challenges you have faced and how you've overcome them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've I'm a stubborn mule, um, and uh, a loud one as well. So, um, uh, so and I've always been the only woman in teams. Okay. So most of my career, I've only been the only woman, um, and I have been mistaken for the secretary. Or um, or I'm the one that takes the minutes, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm chairing this meeting, guys. Um, and they're looking for this person called Steve. Like, oh, who's gonna, you know? So we're here, we're here for Steve. I'm like, no, 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 no. So it's me, Sev. Although Steve has stuck for a very long time now. Um, you'll meet people that I've known for, you know, a million years, and uh, and I'm still called Steve. Okay, it's fine. I'll still respond to it, but it's yeah. uh, yeah. But it's one of these things where you. <laughs> You know, it's you've been you're mistaken for the secretary, you're mistaken for whoever else, and uh, and that's fine. I don't ever, I've never felt different. It was more about yeah, about 
blending in. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it's about. It's about and blending you don't wear, in. You didn't wear makeup. No, I mean, I wore also cap boots. I wore, yeah. I wore my, 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 you know, my suit and my, my trousers. And uh, I've got a snow shovel on the back of my car. It's, you know, um, it's it's just to, it's to fit in, blend, get the job done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and and, uh, and and that's what I'm used to doing. And I think working for a big four was a huge, big culture shock wake up call because because women are wearing makeup mm. and they got heels on and, uh, and I'm none of those things. And uh, I remember a colleague of mine on my first week just looked looked me up and down. And I'd known her from back in the day, but she was like. Okay, so there's like a H&M down the road, like you get yourself some heels, oh super jug and boots is around the corner if you want to go get your, you know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, well, hang on a sec. I, this isn't a fashion parade. Like I'm here to work. Yeah. I'm not here to look pretty. I'm here to work. That's that's the whole point you guys hired me. And uh, and I get why, I guess I get where it came from because yeah. because it's client facing. So you know how to get look okay, apart. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Um, But fitting in was harder because... Um, I don't know how to uh, do all of that. I'm here. I'm here to do my job. I'm usually yeah. frontline. I'm usually, you know, uh, two a.m. in the morning on the side of a mountain somewhere. So, uh, to me, it was a consultancy life was an adjustment. But I found I the challenges I was facing more was with women. Oh, really? really odd. Okay. Yeah, really yeah. odd with women. And I and I didn't notice very much when I was the only female on teams of blokes yeah you know working day shifts night shifts or whatever and something we had to manage but um but i think with women because it's such a male-dominated industry yeah um we all have to try and assimilate and fit in and adapt and and it can be quite competitive mm. um and um and, and and all that kind of not testosterone but all that kind of energy kind of rubs off in you and and you're used to operating in that way and, it, and you don't mean to and i think that's why i've i've had a lot of uh, unconscious bias okay. from from women, and I maybe because I'm also a a, <laughs> a bull in a china shop, and I don't know how to conduct myself um, in a, in, a, in a womanly manner. But um, it was just more of a sense of fitting in for women was the hardest thing. And so when I'd have a female boss, it was um, it wasn't a comfortable dynamic. Okay. And I found I was it was, I found it easier to work with guys. It was just I think because I'm just so used to it. Yeah. I I don't know whether you know it's me or whether it is this it's a culture that we're in that we have to fit in and um, and and adopt some traits and personalities to get along with a male dominated uh, society or group of people or team. Yeah, I think it's not just you. I think a lot yeah. of probably a lot of other females in the resilience industries may have faced similar things. Definitely, I yes. have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not currently, but where in, in previous jobs, mm. um, I did kind of not have the same as you get those unconscious barriers and biases from female bosses and not it not being really the best thing and supportive thing whereas yeah, the males yeah. would be more supportive and that's just a huge yeah. generalization and just personal experience so it would be really interesting to see and hear back from you guys who are watching or listening to us to see if you've kind of faced that and what the dynamics have been yeah. um, because we don't really we shouldn't it shouldn't really be an issue whether you're male or female right yeah so. okay so we've talked about some really insightful stuff um some of the the challenges and that Steph has faced barriers and just just quite grateful for you to opening up about some of the things mm. that generally 
uh, role models in the industry trying to hide and that's why you are a real model mm -hmm. because you are real about it and not afraid mm -hmm. to showcase it so moving on from that it moves nicely on to the next question resilience such a buzzword in the industry yeah. uh, many definitions but what does it mean to you from a personal point of view empowerment empowerment big time um, and that's not just professionally but if you think about it from a community perspective people taking ownership mm -hmm. on getting themselves out of the situations that they're in or do you know what I mean yeah working with what they got knowledge I mean knowledge is power but empowerment is 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 being able to take control or managing something and I think personally or professionally or or government community whatever it is is the empowerment to to, to manage something like that I think uh is uh is personally is where I feel is, is the, the true meaning of it really and from your point of view how can you get into that whole empowerment phase what do you do to feel empowered god that's so weird sorry guys getting real here um owning owning the dyslexia and owning the ADD okay because I've in every job that I've been to um, I'm having to work on it. I got to work on it. I got to work on um, uh, getting stuff done quicker or um, managing big chunks of information or um, working through an incident overnight when I'm super tired. And that, and that you know, just that dyslexia kicks in big time yeah. when you're tired and you're stressed and uh, not telling employers. Okay. And um, and now uh, with the, you know, the the employer that I'm going into, I've, I've disclosed them. I said, this is where I'm at. But it's not a disability, it's a strength. Yeah. Um, and it clearly is because I've, I've gotten as far as I have so far without a bother and uh, and I've achieved all the stuff that I wanted to. Um, and that's because of um, being so used to having to persist with challenges and having to overcome them and find different techniques to get around barriers and new mechanisms to um, to assimilate and to um, do tons of, I don't know, work or whatever stress or load that I have on my back. But it's I, I do a lot of work uh, in your diversity in in um, diversity inclusion teams okay. in previous employers and uh, I feel strongly it's like owning it owning yeah. your power own your superpower figure out what it is own it use it to your strength and make sure your your employer knows how to use it to your strength as well because if they don't know what to do with it then then go move somewhere else because you don't want somebody putting you in a box if you're going to rock something and you're going to own that find somebody that will know how to leverage it know how to grow it and push you in the right direction. Thank you guys. That is fantastic advice. And really thank you so much for sharing that because it's all well saying be empowered but how. So that's very valuable for yeah. you. Okay, so being a truly global citizen, yeah. which she is, um, and having experience and exposure in working in all these different countries, environments, do you have to adapt yourself Mm -hmm. um, and, and how do you how do you conduct yourself to be able to not necessarily fit into the mold but to be make your work a success mm -hmm. what are the, some of the key factors um it's it's all about understanding the environment that you're operating mm -hmm. in um and culture culture plays such a large part in how you then um address yourself how you tailor your um your methodology or your technique or how you approach people mm -hmm. or even just implementing um a program or or a deliverable right okay um so for for instance um you know um 
people, uh, you know, um, organizations in Asia will operate differently mm. uh, to ones, say, in the Middle East or uh, to Europe. Um, it's um, it's been fantastic learning experience, um, and it, and it just I just feel more and more intrigued, and I want to get more and more involved in it. And I find that culture is a key driver, personally, um, how, how, which is how I feel about resilience is yeah. is embedding culture in in these programs. Well, when we first met, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to tell the story. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's quite interesting. So you met, Gosh, well over six years ago, and I had I was just starting out in my career, and Seb came and did an audit, and um, definitely remember you. And, and like it's it not a while. Bad, it, yeah, but it, it wasn't, wasn't a good because, audit. It wasn't because of guys. Me, no, so, it wasn't um, actually it, not at all. But it was what I what I remember you by, and then mm. how I remembered you when we met again after all these years is you sat down with me and you asked me what is it that is challenging you, and you asked me about mm. how I felt and that mm. really like oh gosh she actually cares about mm. what I think and what my challenges are in my workplace and then she's going to try and help me get that as um, a third person who's auditing and it just stuck to my mind mm. Mm. and so that was that and then we you know you move on in life and then you went off to America yeah and then we kind of like <laughs> didn't really stay in contact and then I saw you gosh last year and uh, oh, last November at yeah. an event was it earlier this year? That was like last year, wasn't it? I think it was last year. Yeah, yeah so we, my first year back. Very, yeah. uh, we met at a women in crisis management event. And so Seth walks in and I'm there really early and she's talking to everyone. And, and I just look at her and I'm like, I'm like hugging everyone. I just, I'm a hugger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you, but I'm going to hug you. <laughs> so yeah, boundaries. But anyway, um, it's just like, I was just kind of like, I know her. It'd been mm. so many years, like well over six, seven years since since we first had our interactions. And I just kept thinking, I know her, but I couldn't remember where from. Yeah. And then this whole event happened and yeah. you were like really kind of putting your opinions out there, asking questions, which was really good because nobody else was, which was really funny. Um, uh, and then at the end, I came up to you mm-hmm. and it just clicked to me, guys. Like she said her name and I was like, yes, I know her. And so I went back up to you and asked you if you remember me. Yeah. Do you remember? You audited us. I was like, oh, that was the one that went really bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy. Um, yeah. How, how far, how, you know, your journey, my journey. You mean like how much has happened over the over that time? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's a testament to say that when you meet someone all those years ago and then you don't see them for about six seven years and you see them again and you remember them mm. that says a lot about the person um, <laughs> who i'm sitting next to here it's not forgettable it's loud uh, and not forgettable yeah, unfortunately despite that i mean i think that just makes you your that makes you you and unique mm. in your personality it's just the impact you have and that's why i'm really excited and mm. pleased that you agreed to come and do this video with us and this podcast because it's really the type of person you are and the, it gives me confidence to see you speak out about your challenges and not be afraid yeah. to say things. Well, well I, and also, and again, this is like, I'm just going to put it out there, guys. Um, I, I'm dyslexic and I have ADD, which if you haven't guessed already, <laughs> God bless you. But but I have other things that um, uh, are, um, you know, that, that kind of get in the way in the day um, uh, in, in getting stuff done. And so it's just one of these things. It's like, it's, everyone's got something right it's just how how what you do with it how you deal with it and how you use that to your advantage right again stubborn i'm um 
if I want something and go off and get it, you know, yeah. uh, I've cleaned, I've cleaned hospitals to raise money, to go to countries to help out and do stuff for free. Um, uh, I remember one time I wanted to join the VSO, which is a voluntary service overseas. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go, I'm going to build a well. It's going to be awesome. And, um, the process to go through that is that you have to be interviewed. Um, then two months later, you have to sit in a group, uh, a, a, a group task. And you get surveyed and analyzed. And then once yeah. after that, you then go through another round. And I just thought, you know what? Now I'm going out. I'm going out next month. So I cleaned toilets and uh, offices and hospitals and flew out to the Philippines. And I was like, I'm here. What do you need me to do? And no one's going to turn down free help, guys. So um, if you want to do this type of work, just make sure you have money. You clean yeah. a lot of toilets yeah. and get your butt out there. Um, but yeah, so and that's what I did. I was like, sod it. I want, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. I, even even university, I did my uh, qualifications in Kenya. Yeah. Um, it wasn't enough for uh, an A-level um, because it's two different examination boards. Okay. It didn't classify. It was more of international baccalaureate. Yeah. It didn't count as a, an A-level. Okay. I went to Coventry, talked to the, uh, the faculty, and I said, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to, I want to do this. I do volunteer work. I get involved in the community and they were like, okay, apply. And so I got in without a full A-level. But you know what I mean? It's, if you want it, go out, do it, get it. No one is holding you back but you, by the way. So this whole challenge and bias and stuff, I'm like, I see your challenge and I raise you me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring it on. Come at me, bro. Bring it on. Yeah. Like that. And that's how, that's my philosophy. You know what I mean? So it's more, Sorry, uh, you know, you've, you've just added fuel. This, I love to prove yeah. those wrong. And what have you got to lose? Like, you had nothing to lose. You just asked. Yeah. Don't ask them again. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to go, do it. Get yeah. it. So some women or men who are watching, because mm. it's not just exclusive to that, like, your, your personality is quite uh, out there. You, you're a very confident person. But mm. what if you're not that confident? How can you then, all the barriers you've talked about and then just being very proactive, mm. what can you... What, can you do to be consciously doing those things if you're not naturally born to it? I, I think it's um, relationships. I find relationships super, super helpful. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not the ones that you don't know that person, if you are on LinkedIn and you see, if you see somebody's job title or organization or their progression, their career path on their LinkedIn and you go, geez, I, I would love to start mm. that track i want to go in that direction or i'm i'm really intrigued as to how they got that that path message them message them that's exactly what i did coming out of university i said i mm. really admire your career progression and your track and i really strive to do that and uh, i would love some advice on how to get there um wow. and put yourself out there and, and and folks won't message back and some folks will um uh, it's putting yourself out there and finding other ways to get that information um and, uh, and 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 bring the opportunity to your life um i think i think it's you know not just about a job some some people don't even have experience in this and they and they get jobs in the industry that they want to be, because um resourceful yeah. uh, ask questions meet people all that stuff's for free um go to events um I, it's a bit cringy networking oh god i hated networking okay. oh, talking to complete <laughs> yeah. strangers is was not my thing um but um but there's a lot of people out there with good, useful knowledge and who have a big heart and want to help uh, and want to impart any things. On. I mean, I was ringing up um, county councils and local authorities and saying, hey, I will work for free. 
I I want I want to I want to do this. I, if you guys need me to write something or or I don't know edit a plan or help with an exercise, geez, I'm I'm free help, guys. Yeah, you know, it's it's there's other ways of doing it. Um, if if you're not uh, a sorry, I'm going this way yeah. in in your job, it's there's you know talking to people, meeting people, getting involved in events, yeah. offering your time. Um, yeah. Thank you. I think yeah. that's really insightful for for us all and very inspiring. So go out there and get yourself <laughs> out there, guys. <laughs> so books, books. Okay, so yeah, favorite your favorite current book at the moment. So the reason why I'm going to book in my hand, guys, is because I ran out the door and forgot to bring it. <laughs> so I don't read anymore. <laughs> I have no time for me. Um, so. <laughs> Can't remember the last time I read anything, but um, apart from, nasty apart from words. that, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apart Jesus. from Peppa Pig, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she didn't bring that today. I did not bring Peppa Pig. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> um, so I have two books um, okay. for different reasons, actually. Um, okay. And the first one is My Family and Other Animals okay. by Gerald Jarrell. Um, and it reminds me a lot about um, growing up, and it's okay. it's about uh, you know it's based on wartime, but it's a single mom with her very eclectic eccentric children moving to greece and starting uh, a whole new life there and, and having to mm. adjust and acclimatize to the culture there and how things really uh, work uh, and all the I- I- idiosyncrasies of, of each child and and, uh, wow. and and it's a bit of a hubbub uh, of a mixed match of a family and and that's why I, I feel i'm reminded of because my mom you know practically raised us um in every country whilst we were following my dad in whatever contract that he was doing at the time well, and yeah. uh and we are a mad bunch um as you can tell <laughs> um and the second book um was given to me by a good friend of mine years ago which is called the innocent anthropologist okay um it's actually based on um the i can't remember who wrote it but it's based on uh the actual person who went out to africa um oh, wow. in, you know kind of colonial times mm-hmm. i guess um and a british guy to understand that the pygmies or something along those lines and um it's awesome because he's been doing his job for a million years and then having to then jump into africa and apply it to there wow. was it um and on all the um and all the isms out there in africa reminds me of when i lived there but okay. it's uh but for, ha- for having this person who's an expert in his field to then jump into a different different environment and culture and then have to just completely rethink the way he approaches stuff um baffles me i think it's so fascinating because it's what we do mm-hmm. as professionals it's literally in resilience this is what we do amazing so yeah. just remind our viewers and listeners the, your two favorite books what were they again so my family and other animals by uh gerald Jarrell. And the innocent anthropologist, um, who I will have to find the name. Yeah, so we'll we'll put links to and the details mm-hmm. in the descriptions and comments. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for that. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And finally, where can our our resilience pod viewers who are watching us just mm-hmm. now or listeners find you? LinkedIn is okay. the best place to catch me. That's where yeah, we I mean, all hang out, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know, literally it is. Um, Twitter is okay, but I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm LinkedIn girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and uh, they can search your name and find I'm the you, only yeah. Sev Cocaine in uh, in LinkedIn. Um, okay. And yes, it is cocaine, it's how you pronounce it. Okay. So, uh, uh, <laughs> you won't have a hard time finding me. Okay, so, links below, and yeah, do... Uh, 
connect with Zev. Um, and if you are impressed by her interview today, or you just want to know how she's so confident and buzzing and you know inspired coffee by her. coffee helps coffee helps too yes. <laughs> giving her a few too many maybe <laughs> girl <But yeah. laughs> so get in touch um she is truly inspirational so thank, thank you, you very for much. having me so unfortunately we have come to an mm-hmm. end um so much fun um spending the morning with you it's a bit of a wake-up call <laughs> sorry for <laughs> being so loud in your house no worries it's great um really inspired by what you've talked about mm. sev is going to flip through the mood okay. book and tell us how she's feeling after we have quizzed her <laughs> hell yes look at this she is what are you oh look at this oh rocking is a word muesli mate uh muesli by um over 50 set by the over 50. Okay, so you're rocking. I'm rocking, and I'm not over 50. <laughs> yeah, no, clearly, because look at her. So, um, yeah, so Sam is rocking. Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, why are you feeling like that, apart from reading the description? The, the, the example that they've given is, wow, Jimbo is really rocking that mullet today. So, wow, Sam's really I'm really rocking the interview that. today. Yes, so. thank you. Not, yeah. <laughs> I'm loving this. Love it. And the uh, synonym is A- ACDC. So, um, okay. I've actually dressed for, yeah. Oh my God. How weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So, there you go. It's meant to be. She's rocking. Thank you Thanks, once again for taking the time mm-hmm. to come all the way up here and to inspire our viewers and listeners and just be really real and open and honest with us. Thanks. Really appreciate that. Um, That's been you. awesome. Thank you for having me. You're all welcome. Guys, thank you to, well, thank you to Seb again, and thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in today, whether, again, you have watched us, which you, if you did, what a treat. And if you are listening to us too, thank you so much. I am truly grateful. As always, stay tuned for more amazing episodes um, on the Resilience Pod because we are all about connecting you to the real models in the resilience industry. So, Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.